Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Hey y'all, it's Jamie from the BHP Podcast. Wanted to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, Skullhooker Racks Inc., Vanguard Outdoors, Beyond the Ears, Crossman, and Stealth Cam. These sponsors are the rock behind our awesome podcast. Make sure and check them out. Now, on to the show. Hey, guys, we hope you're really enjoying the show. The BHP podcast has been so much fun. If you are, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and SoundCloud. It'd be so helpful, and it really does go a long way. As usual, thank you for your support and listening to the BowHunterPlanet.com podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Bolton Planet Podcast. I have myself, James Nopum, here with Chris and Bob McGee. And today we are going to talk to Steve Athey from Live Wild, Eat Wild. Uh, this is a great uh, Instagram page. You have a lot of followers and some awesome food. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on here? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. So I started Live Wild, Eat Wild a little over a year ago. I'm not a professional chef, not a professional hunter. Um, I've just been kind of a foodie and a fan of food for as long as I can remember. And I've hunted my whole life and... What really spurred the focus on food is when I got married, my wife had never been around wild game before, never been around hunting or the hunting lifestyle all that much. And so she was really intimidated with the aspect of eating wild meat. And so I said, you know, if I want to continue what I'm doing and get her stamp of approval and make sure that she's happy with it, I got to make sure that I cook this myself and that. You know, I'm not just dumping a bunch of meat on the table and say, here you go, honey, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) So I took it upon myself to go to YouTube University and figure out cooking and all the fire points of wild game and what it takes to turn it into something actually enjoyable and not something that people have to kind of suffer through and deal with it. You know, that's the majority of people out there. I feel like their experience with venison and wild game is that it's just okay. But I'm a firm believer that it's the best food on the planet. It's yes, better than sir. anything you get at a grocery store. We're right oh, there yeah. with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Our food doesn't look anything like yours, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at your uh, Wellington here, and I, I watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay, and you wouldn't get yelled at for that what you just did there. <laughs> oh, I'm happy phenomenal. to hear that. That's, that's, that's my goal yeah. that I do. Anytime I don't I think he'd call you a donkey and, uh, and hit you with a pan or whatever he does. <laughs> <laughs> no, that looks amazing. We're also looking at your website, which is really well done as well. You got some take some great pictures let's get your uh, it has recipes and all that how to field dress what's your favorite game to prepare my favorite happens to be pronghorn antelope wow. which i get a lot of people lot of you know raise a lot of eyebrows at that and say what you know everyone thinks that pronghorn doesn't taste all that good but of all the games that I've ever prepared and had experiences with, that's been my favorite. I work. I worked with a girl several years ago, and her husband would go out west every year, and harvest one or two of them. And whenever she would, you know, bring food in, it was always the antelope, and I would always scoffed it and hide some away in the corner and take it home. <laughs> and everybody else is like, oh, I don't know if I want to try the antelope. Oh, everything about the antelope was fantastic. Yeah. We we get a we got it a really lot of, is. Yeah, we got a lot of that with bear too. Yeah. You know, after we went bear yeah. hunting, everybody's like, you're gonna eat that? Like, Absolutely. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna eat that. It's all in the preparation. Yes, sir. Exactly. In the field care especially. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the one the one kicker with antelope is that if the animals run at all or push hard, it gets that adrenaline going, and you don't get a cool down fast enough. Yeah. It goes really bad really quick. But uh, my last buck that I took was a Pope and Young antelope, and I got him. I hit him at 43 yards. He only went 25 before dropping, and within an hour and a half, I had him in the car and on the way to the gas station to get some ice. And a week prior, I'd harvested just a little two-point muley and compared them right next to each other. And even my wife, who, again, is no experienced wild game consumer by any means, she's like, this antelope's a whole lot better than this deer that you had. And everyone says, you know, a little, a little two-point buck is going to be, you know, some of the best meat you can possibly get. But uh, antelope wins every single time in my book, if it's taken care of. Yes. Oh, true. So uh, you're a bow hunter, we see. That I am. And we I are grew up. bow hunter planet. What kind of bow are you shooting? <laughs> I shoot a prime rival. Nice. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So I grew up as a rifle hunter and switched over to bow hunting about uh, four or five years ago. Um, just really the main thing here in Utah where I hunt, rifle season's only about nine or ten days long. Yeah. And so I love the entire process of scouting and learning more about areas, patterning animals, and spending tons of time out in the woods. And I looked at bow hunters that... You know, we've got a 30-day-long regular season, and then we've got some specialty extended archery areas that go from the end of archery season in mid-September all the way to the beginning of December. Yeah. So I was like, well, shoot, these guys can hunt <laughs> for almost half of the year instead of just two weekends. And it's I love the added challenge of it. The discipline of archery is just something that I've become absolutely obsessed with mm-hmm. and have really never looked back ever since switching. Have you ever had the opportunity to uh, sheep? To hunt sheep? Yep. Not yet. It's on my bucket list for sure, but someday I'll get there. Yeah, that's. The, I think it's on all our bucket lists. <laughs> Every one of us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Here in Utah, we've got one once-in-a-lifetime tag you can put in for each year and earn points for. And so I've got 10 points built up for Moose, and that's kind of the main one that I've been working towards. But Sheep is probably going to be the next one on my bucket list after I get the Moose tag filled. Yeah, we kind of got that here with what, elk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, got, you, elk. you got yours, didn't you? I got an elk, yeah. Michigan elk. Yeah, the elk, here, the elk here in Michigan are like basically deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not deer, but I mean like cows. That's the, that's the guy it's was not like telling me. like out west. No. Basically like farmers. Are, you, you meet a farmer, they tell you where they are, and you go shoot it. That's basically it. <laughs> that's it. Right. So not, not very crazy. So, uh, I mean, you guys, you do a really good job on all, on all your uh, a little bit editing of everything. everything. Guns, bows. You're going to start a hunting show anytime soon? You know, I'd love to. I'm in the process of getting everything put together to start up a YouTube channel of mine so I can yep. start doing video tutorials on the recipes. That's Perfect. the number one thing that all my followers and fans and friends and family have said is, you know, I love the pictures. The pictures are great. The, the written up recipes are great, but video helps so much more. So I just yeah. got a camera. I'm getting the lighting all set up, getting the table put together, and getting my whole basement converted into a little wild game cooking studio so I can start doing videos for everybody. Nice. Yeah, and then you got to edit and all that fun stuff. Man, good time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, know, we know a little bit about that. He, he's thumbing through your pictures on your website, and I'm starting to develop the Pavlovian uh, yeah, I'm about to response. Go. My mouth is salivating. <laughs> Bob's about to run a Taco Bell run. <laughs> Put a put an order in for carry out to bring it here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole goal. Is, you know, I want to I want to show people that wild game is something that really can be an absolutely amazing meal, and it's not something to to shy away from or think that it's you know the the after effect of a hunt. You know, everybody in the entire industry, everything is focused on killing the animal. But yeah. very little focus yeah. is put on what do you do with it afterwards. Yeah, there's and, only, there's only a couple you know, guys that are really doing that. There's, you know, the animals look great on the wall. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I I had my antelope taxidermied <laughs> just as anybody else would. I'm not going to throw the the horns or antlers away by any means. But I want to <laughs> make sure that I'm using every last bit of an animal that I can, mm-hmm. and, that's and way, that that's every single too. email, exactly, and to make every meal something memorable. I always love the uh, Facebook post. Would you rather, you know, get the meat or get the horns? It's like, why can't I have both? Right. I'm gonna, exactly. I'm going to have both, so. <laughs> I'm going to put used to everything. Yeah. Yeah, people always try and draw that hard line of either you're a meat hunter or a trophy hunter. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no, everybody is both. You know, every yeah. everybody hunts for a trophy. It just depends on what you define that trophy as. Right. And. You know, is it the, the trophy on the plate or is it the trophy on the wall? And you're you're really getting both. It's just a matter of how much emphasis you put on one versus the other. Yeah, you can you can tell me whatever you want, but if you have a twelve point and a four point stand next to each other, tell me what you're gonna do. <laughs> and what, one of my favorite, exactly. one of my favorite mounts Ooh, nice. and I consider it, you know, a special trophy myself, is one of the first bears I ever harvested. It it, it was a fantastic hunt. It was memorable, and the meat and everything was fantastic. It's not the biggest bear I've ever harvested, but it, it meant something to me that I'll always remember. Yep. 
Exactly. Just like my my kid got his first deer this year. He was eight years old, and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do with it? You can have a skull. We're not we're not going to do the big old mount. He's like, oh, well, let's get a camo on him. Okay, yeah, two hundred dollars later for yeah. But hey, if it's his first one, that's what he wanted. So we went we went with it. <laughs> There you go. That's what it's all about. Yes, yeah. it is. And that was probably one of my favorite hunts ever. Kids are actually a pretty good shot with a crossbow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nice to be got those. I want to start now. soon. Yeah. It'll be four. And it's like, oh, Your dog looks crazy. like it enjoys the hunting adventures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, crossbow hunting is one that I haven't really gotten into, but I've listened to a couple of your guys' podcasts where you talk about them more and more. Yeah. It's something that, you know, especially on the late season, we have a lot of antlerless cow elk comes out here yeah. and things like that that are any weapon. And so it, it really is kind of piqued my interest to want to try out the crossbow, especially um, for my wife as well. That yeah. After, you know, years and years of having her eat everything that I've hunted, she actually has her first archery deer tag this year. Yep. And so she's taking her first foray into nice. hunting herself. And I think that getting her a crossbow as well, um, for some of those any weapon tags, it's not as intimidating as a gun. She's, mm-hmm. you know, very very gun shy when it comes to that sort of thing. But I think a crossbow is really kind of the best of both worlds and really a great tool and asset for people to yeah. get that initial step into hunting before just handing them a compound and say, "Here, you have to master this yeah. weapon first before you even try and kill something with it." Yeah, and it's the best, especially you know for a blind. If you're in a blind with mm-hmm. somebody that's the only way to go i mean it's 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 hard to maneuver in there unless you get something really tall with a full you know compound bow because you're hitting the top right. and you're we do a lot of filming on our so. hunts and actually the crossbows the weapon to have yeah you put a camera right on the mm-hmm. scope and then it doesn't move so you get the hit <laughs> but i i hunt with everything it doesn't you know I don't care one way or another what I'm, you know, I got no. my first turkey with a crossbow this year, but my first turkey ever was with a bow, so. Right. It's just doing a little of everything. Now, have you ever considered using traditional bow? I have. It's something that I've got a number of friends that are diehard trad shooters, and one friend of mine that I shoot 3D with, he actually killed two elk 15 minutes apart. With his trad bow, that oh, here here cool. in the state of Utah, you can have a, a general over-the-counter elk tag, and then you can also, for certain specific units, have a control cow tag as well. So it allowed him to have two tags during the same season, and had a herd come through, and with his trad at 25 yards in a ground blind, dropped a cow, and then another one came back down the trail. And was able to hit another one. We both piled up 50 yards apart. Jeez. So <laughs> that's a lot of meat. Pretty incredible experience. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of meat. So trad's one of those that I definitely want to try eventually. I'm still, I would, I'm far from considering myself to be an absolute expert, even in the compound. And so it's, I'll be working my way into that down the road. But it's definitely something that I want to dabble in. It's a whole lot of fun. It, it, because that it is. you, you, You've gone back to instinctive shooting, you know, with the the sights on a a compound crossbow. I think it's relatively easy. You go back to the traditional, and there's more sport in it, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I think the, the added benefit there is by making it more complicated and going with instinctual shooting. Everyone that I've talked to say that when you go back to your compound or pick up your compound, it just makes you that much better it does. at shooting, especially in adjusting your, you know, your adjusted ranges and eyeballing things on that way where you're not relying on the range finder and your specific pins and you have to right. learn kind of the arrow flight and to predict things even even closer. We, it had, helps you that much we had one of our team members several years ago on a bear hunt. He was a traditional shooter and he was using a compound bow and the sight fell <laughs> off his bow while he had a, a beautiful beautiful bear in on the pile and he wound up uh, instinctively shooting it with the compound bow mm -hmm. and right he, he wow. yeah he says he wouldn't have been able to do it without the you know the practice and the knowledge of shooting the traditional he's not here to defend himself but there's some luck involved yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i always tell him <laughs> but yeah it was a great shot i mean for a great video that's oh, for yeah. sure now did you shoot uh I know uh, the Total Archer Challenge was out there at Snowbird recently. Did you guys do that at all? Yes, I did. It was a ton of fun. I was going to ask, how was it? <laughs> it was great. I shot the Sitka course, which is the the one they shoot on the backside of the mountain mm -hmm. to replicate sheep hunting. Yeah. So I it's saw a lot the pictures from it. I was like, distance. holy cow, and the, the angles and you know the uphills, the downhills off the cliffs. It was like, wow. Yeah, longest shot on that course is 120 yards. Right. I've, I've done the one. They started them here in Michigan. I did one last year. And I keep telling these guys, you want, you want to have a ball and test your archery skills. Try shooting this. <laughs> yeah. And I think the true benefit to the Sitka course especially is that it, you know, the other courses, you take the main ski tram all the way up to the top of the mountain at almost 11,000 feet and then work your way all the way down. Uh, the Sitka course, though, is on the back side of the mountain that works down into a basin, and then you have to hike back up back the tram. Oh, yep. See, that's cool. Yep. And so it's the full 25 targets with, that, with the downhill and the uphill that you have to deal with. Yeah, and the last four targets were very steep packing <laughs> up. And the heat of the afternoon, you know, it was 80 oh, plus wiped. degrees out. You're totally wiped. <clears throat> that's very cool. So, so it was a perfect replication oh, yeah. of handling the upcoming hunting season because mm -hmm. I hunt all around that area and I know firsthand how brutal it can get and it's, you know, hiking straight up a rocky steep hillside and then having to take a 65 yard shot at a 3D target is no picnic for sure. So it really helps to kind of press your skills and mm -hmm. make sure that you're really dialed in. Plus the other, you know, negative really is that all of the targets are set up in really rocky areas. So if you miss, your arrow's pretty much <laughs> yeah, done. You, you, Go to the arrow gods. <laughs> you totally just no, you've totally destroyed it. <laughs> yeah. I only lost four arrows that day out of the twenty five targets. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty it wasn't good. that bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> Two of them were on the first target where my sight tape I think was a little bit off and I was just not settled in and ready for the, the shoot all the way. But after that got things leveled in pretty nicely that's good so so i've got a question for you now when you're when you cook what kind of knives do you use so i vary my knives quite a bit i've actually got 
an old set of Cutco knives that I use quite a bit. That once upon a time, freshman year of college, I was a Cutco knife salesman for a summer and did that lovely, lovely sales pitch. And so I, I still have that set I sold that I use quite a bit. I know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's a lot of fun. But yeah. um, those and the Vitronox uh, set that I use are kind of the go-to uh, that I lean a lot on, especially um, the Vitronox boning knife that I use is my go-to breakdown knife for all of my butchering and everything for my game. Yeah. I know. I noticed yeah, that's great. I, I noticed you had a Anthony Bourdain picture up here, rest in peace. But did you ever see the knife that he had made from the meteorite? No, I oh, did. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how if much I that costs right. or where to get one of those, but that'd be. If funny. I remember right, it was made by Bob Kramer. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he makes some of the most beautiful knives in the world. There are only like two guys that was can't make knives like that really anymore in the United States or something. What would the yeah. blade look like? Almost like a Damascus blade? Yeah. But he had a piece of meteorite he built into it, and it looks awesome. Oh, that had to be You really, know what? Let's just... Really we got the computer right here. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm interested now. I'm intrigued. I know. <laughs> but no, that was awesome. Why don't you guys keep it going while I'm looking? <laughs> Favorite spices to use? Any at all? Can you hear you? Did you hear it? Did you hear Hello? it, Steve? Can you hear what us? What was that? Spices. Favorite spices to use? Favorite spices. You know, for me, being a Western hunter, the mule deer is what I cook more than anything else. Um, juniper berries are actually something that go absolutely perfectly with uh, mule deer and with a lot of western game with pronghorn as well i'm a big fan of using the ingredients of the local geography in the region where the animal came from and i think that it pairs perfectly i know that um you know whitetail with morel mushrooms is kind of oh, this yes. oh, pairing that everybody <laughs> loves to do and i i wish we had more morels here in utah they're they're very few and far between but i always keep an eye out anytime i can all through the springtime to see if I can find any, but juniper berries are that one little secret ingredient that like with that Wellington that I made. And there's a bunch of recipes that I use if I'm searing up backstrap or tenderloin or really any sort of steak. Um, when putting together the rub, I do salt, pepper, some mace and garlic, and just throw in one or two juniper berries into the mortar and pestle when grinding everything together and adding that in. And it doesn't take much. If you use it, too much, then it can be a bit overwhelming, but just a couple of those are really absolute fantastic spice to add in. Yeah, for sure. So I just found a picture of the, of one of his, Bob Kramer's knives with the meteorites. And Take we'll, a wild guess. How much? how much the last one sold for? It's being auctioned. Oh, boy. I can't even imagine if it's five or six figures or maybe seven. Uh, five. 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 Well, current price, I, I don't know where this is, but it's $31,000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I heard that his knives, he's wow. on about an 18-month waiting oh, list I bet. for people wow. to get his knives. And it's about, you know, you don't even ask what the price is. You get on yeah. the waiting list, and <laughs> if you agree to buy one, he says, here you go. Give me your credit card. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's amazing, though. 
Jeez. I'm a huge fan of the custom handmade knives, though. I've gotten, you know, really, really involved with following so many blacksmiths and... Did you um, watch Forge the Fire? Forge Fire. <laughs> Absolutely, I love that. I, show. The kids, the kids love it. <laughs> I got them into. Like, what are we gonna watch today? <laughs> Forge and Fire. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, man, that's amazing. Thirty-one thousand dollars, and I'm. Now, how do you do? You do uh, ducks, fish, any of that stuff too? I fish a lot. I haven't gotten too much into birds all that much, other than grouse hunting. If a grouse ever presents itself while I'm big game hunting, but um, I've got a lot of friends that have given me ducks and geese in the past that they're not a big fan of it, and they say it tastes quote too muddy. Hmm. And so they say, "Well, I, I kind of keep the word out to anybody <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> anybody I know, if they don't want their wild game, they send it to me, and I do something with it. And oh, I always cool. keep an open and offer to I'll make them dinner if they provide the meat. And so I've had some teals and mallards and Canadians and all sorts of waterfowl that I've cooked up in the past. And it's just something that I've been so focused on more big game hunting and bow hunting that. I haven't dabbled too much in the waterfowl side, but I definitely keep plenty of fishing going on in the off season through spring and summer. Um, I haven't gotten out as much as I'd like to this year, but definitely plan on getting in some fishing trips before bow season starts up in a month. Great. Now, do you guys do mostly trout out there, I'm assuming? Mostly trout. We've got some bass and a little bit of tiger muskie and pike a walleye here and there, but not nearly like what you guys have out in Michigan and mm-hmm. the Great Lakes areas. I've It's definitely on my bucket list to take a, a real fishing trip out to that area and enjoy all of what you guys have to play with. Well, we got some guys that can help take care of that. <laughs> come out one day. Yeah. We do salmon. Uh, walleye. I could take you up to the cabin and catch pike, pike all day. We, we eat pike up north here like it's going out of style. Finally learned how pike to clean it. Really <laughs> What's the pike dip? Is that ceviche or something like they do? Yeah, I don't eat I don't eat that raw out of the Great Lakes. <laughs> probably smart. That's a great way to do it. I've made my own trout sushi before, and it, oh, it was yeah. not the greatest experience, but it is something that's a lot of fun to try. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like sushi, but there's some fish I won't eat as sushi. <laughs> I know, man. They, uh, it's re- yeah, a well, really cool website. It's, it's an Everything yeah. looks really good. Yeah, you're doing a bang up job. You're yeah. a great following. Excellent pounding. job. I'm gonna try some of these recipes. That's for sure. Uh, I can't wait to watch the the, the YouTube channel. Yeah, it'll help <laughs> me. I I feel like I'm decent at cooking some things, but I don't get too crazy. You know, I get I get boring. Right. I guess you could say. So this should help. Well, me my kind of goal with my cooking is I don't try and do super duper complex recipes that are too overwhelming for people. I try to keep things pretty simple, you know, follow the kiss method and show people that it doesn't take, you know, a degree from a culinary school to know how to make it taste good. It's just a matter of paying attention to the details of what you're doing. Really the field care more than anything else is a huge indicator of how it's going to taste when you prepare it. But just by following the rules that you need to, and if you, all special considerations you can really make something awesome yeah so why don't you tell our uh, listeners where they can find your stuff and come uh see what you got work you have working here yeah so you can find me on facebook and instagram at live wild eat wild website is live wild eat wild.com 
and the YouTube channel. I've got it already claimed, but it will be Live Wild, Eat Wild as well once that comes out okay. um, later this fall. Great. Well, we appreciate you being on and uh, good chat. Keep doing what you're doing. Good luck with the YouTube. Hey, thank show. you so much. I'm Maybe gonna have to go find something yeah. to eat. <laughs> keep, keep it. We'll, we'll keep in touch too. Oh, definitely. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of the Bowhunter Planet podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G Speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now, Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the 8-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today.